Welcome to The Purposeful Pitch. I'm Joe DiBenedetto, Senior Director and Head of the Education and Social Impact Practice at Lambert & Company. I'm going to keep doing these podcasts until they tell me I can't. On today's episode, I speak to Jane Shank, Executive Director for the Association for Children's Mental Health, an organization helping parents of children who struggle with emotional, behavioral, or mental health challenges. It's a wonderful organization that lets parents know that they're not alone in the struggles that they face and the questions that they have. This is, again, another uh, real personal episode for me because when I was having issues with my daughter and not really handling things well uh, as a result of her anxiety, I always felt that I was alone and didn't realize that there were such resources as the ACMH. Uh, So I invite you to Uh, Listen in on this conversation, whether or not uh, you are having such difficulties yourselves. Well, Jane, thank you for uh, joining us on The Purposeful Pitch. And you are welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I had the pleasure recently of talking to uh, Bob Sheehan of the uh, Community Association for Mental Health in Michigan, uh, and I was so taken with that conversation uh, that I asked him for a recommendation and he suggested immediately uh, that I have you on uh, to chat a little bit further um, and really get it from from a different perspective because the organizations are, while they're connected in some way, uh, they're vastly different as well. Um, So if you wouldn't mind maybe just giving us a very quick note about what is the Association for Children's Mental Health and, and how does it differ from other organizations? Well, I think the, the quick answer to that is um, Association for Children's Mental Health is what's known as a family-run organization. And so um, the difference there is all of our employees, all the staff, are either parents who have had experience raising children with emotional, behavioral, or mental health challenges, or their youth and young adults themselves who um, have those challenges. So we have a really, really different perspective, um, and it's something that we call lived experience or living experience. So that gives you a really different way to connect, not only to parents who are sort of walking that same journey, but also to our professional partners. We open a little bit of a window onto what this looks like on a day-to-day basis, and why there is so much need um, for parent voice, parent empowerment, parent engagement. We're all members of a team. Yeah, so is this a state organization? Is it a national organization? Yeah, ACNH is a state organization. Now, um, in this family-run organization movement, we do have sort of a, a national mothership that's called Federation of Families for Children's Mental Health. Each state has um, a family organization that may be statewide. They may have several. There may be local family organizations. So the structure is a little different from state to state. The work that we do is a little different from state to state. But that basic premise of it is family run, we have that lived experience, that's consistent throughout. And so how did, how did you get involved? Obviously, there's the connection uh, with uh, someone in your family, but you know, maybe if you wouldn't mind sharing, as we get a little personal, on, on how you got 
to where you are. Yeah, and, and let me be the first to say to you, our story and our journey is one of the tools that we have for connection. So um, yeah, be happy to share that. Uh, I was actually, um, uh, had just finished my degree as master's in social work. So I was already kind of in the field and was uh, working in a prison that was maximum security prison for young males, 14 to 20, who had been adjudicated as adults. So I was, I was beginning my professional career and my only child was beginning his school career, he started kindergarten. Um, so we were kind of doing those things at the same time. And whilst I had expected that his school career would be very smooth, because he's a really bright guy, it wasn't. So we started getting the calls home. There were behavioral issues. Um, you know, he just, he would have meltdowns. There were all sorts of things going on. And while kindergarten was sort of okay, because kindergarten is kindergarten, about the time he hit first grade, um, we really started getting uh, a lot more of those calls, those meetings, those concerns. And um, it became evident that you know, we needed, here I was a mental health professional, but sometimes when it's your own kid, it looks really different. Sure. So we um, went to school and had some of those meetings um, and unfortunately did not have the best of all experiences there. Um, there was something that I think as parents, it might be that first thing we hear, we'd like to suggest some parenting classes. So we're already sort of dealing with this, blaming ourselves, gosh, what did I miss? What am I not doing right? And then that's the first thing you hear that's sure. not always supportive. Um, uh, and so- And how long I, ago was this? Yeah, my son is now 23 years okay, old. Okay, so this is nearly 20 years so ago. It's, yeah, it's a ways ago. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's a common element that we hear from other parents, is this kind of blaming, shaming, guilt kind of a piece, either implied or, or kind of, you know, overt. So with my son, we started to, um, I started to pursue, uh, you know, some services and supports kind of on my own. And so um, we had social work, we had a psyche veil, we had, ultimately occupational therapy. He had a diagnosis and has a diagnosis of anxiety and sensory issues, but really started working with a team and it was a cool and unique team um, because they heard my voice and they partnered with me and they empowered me. So that was happening sort of on that professional level. On the school level, that wasn't happening. Um, and I was sort of hearing things like, uh, he's gonna end up in prison if you don't do something. So ultimately in our journey, um, we decided that we would, uh, Jonathan would attend a different school. It was a charter school. Okay. Um, and that was the best thing that ever happened because again, they looked at us as parents as, as having an expertise about our child and we were partners. Yeah, so let me circle back to mm -hmm. that. Did you, even before sitting down with the school, did you have those doubts yourself on, is it something that, I've, yeah. that I'm doing? Is, is, his, is his behavior yeah. uh, or reactions, uh, is that based on what I'm doing as a parent? Oh yeah, 
Definitely. And do you find that to be the case yes. with pretty much everybody you deal with? I think with almost 100% of the parents that I talk to, there is first and foremost that sense of blame and self-doubt. And then I think sort of another piece that comes into that comes some guilt. What am I doing wrong? What am I not doing? Um, and then I think maybe the next piece was almost um, a sense of a, a lack of hope. This isn't what I thought this would be. And um, is it always going to be like this? Yeah. And what is my child's life going to look like? Yeah. And did you feel completely alone? Total isolation. <laughs> I must be the only one in the world that feels like this. Yeah. I, I have to be. And that's got to be a common yeah. theme that you hear now with the Association for Children's Constantly. Mental Health. And, and one of the reasons why, yeah. you know, did, now, did you start the organization or did you no. join the organization? Interestingly enough, the organization was started um, 30 years ago, exactly, so it's our anniversary, okay. by two moms uh, who were feeling much of the same sort of uh, peace with their kids. And it came as a, at a time when there was a real movement in our country because kids' mental health hadn't looked like this. In fact, there was, there was not a real understanding that kids even had mental health. Well, that's why one of the reasons why I asked how long ago was yeah. this your 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 uh, situation mm -hmm. with your son in kindergarten? Because I mean, we have seen an evolution in how yes, we, we think about mental health uh, in general, mm -hmm. not just with children, um, and we can circle back on that. So, but yeah, so yeah, the organization had started; um, it had moved along. So I I kind of came into the fold um, when it was fairly well formed and organized. And interestingly enough, um, it, it, I didn't go to ACMH for support. I was already, our family and, and my son was already um, kind of on his journey. He was you know, at a new school and things were looking much better. We had the services and supports um, and a new family moved in down the road with a son that became his friend. It just so happens that um, that friend's grandmother was the woman that started the organization. Mm. So, you know, coincidences all over the place. Um, but she was the pers first person I think that I really talked to who said, I get it. I've been there. Yeah. Um, you're not alone. So, so how does uh, ACMH, how does that, how does your organization, because there is that feeling and I've been through mm -hmm. it, um, and you know, I, 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 every child's issues are obviously unique and the, the level certainly is different. Mm -hmm. um, but, and I mentioned this to Bob, you know, my darkest day as a parent was my daughter's asking for a mental health day, mm -hmm. something that I never would have done yeah. with my parents and would never even have considered yeah. saying yes to. And just a shouting match with her being the, in my mind, the solution to getting her to go to school. And, um, you know, so where, you know, at what point should parents contact, parents and guardians contact ACMH? What's the, the tipping point? Uh, yeah, 
I would like to say I hope that they contact us the very first moment that they feel that blame or that shame or that loss of hope because really what we do, but anywhere in their journey is okay, absolutely and positively, um, and is good. Um, it's, it's getting to, I think, and like you say, every journey is really different, and so people get to that tipping point at a very different place. But um, I think no matter where they are, and no matter what, you know, our message remains the same. You have a voice. You know your child. That's what you do know. And there is true importance in partnering with those who are here to support you. In my case, that first person, um, well, the first people really were the social worker who understood and listened, the OT who could address my kids' sensory issues, the teacher. The OT is occupational therapist. Occupational therapist. Okay. Um, that very, the, the teacher, the first teacher at the charter school who, um, you know, I went in for that meeting, uh, you know, before school started, so I'm the new parent. And there, she's at the, in the second grade classroom, um, you know, where they have the teacher table and the teacher chair and all the little kid chairs around it. And I went in for the meeting and automatically huddled for one of those little kid chairs and she said, oh no, you sit in the teacher chair because you're leading this meeting. Hmm. That was a really different that approach. That is a different approach, yeah. I like that a lot. You know, we're here to partner with you. And I think that that is the really important piece for parents, guardians, caregivers to hear. Yeah, that's what you have. And we understand right now you are confused and you are exhausted and you feel like you've done everything wrong, but not really, not so much. We're here to help you find your voice, and feel empowered, and remember how important it is to partner. And so I think that's really, that's an important message that we give everyone, and I will also say that's an important message because half of our work is with those professionals or those service providers or those okay, teachers. So you work closely, your organization works closely yeah. with the child school yeah. and, and others, or, I mean, so how to map this out yeah. for us, you know, how I'm a parent having, mm -hmm. Uh, who has questions regarding yeah. what I'm seeing at home with my child. Is this just running the mill, mm -hmm. uh, you know, getting older, yeah. so, you know, just trying to see the, test the boundaries, mm -hmm. uh, how far they can take things, or there's something more, uh, you know, mm -hmm. there's something more at, at, uh, at the core here. Yeah. Um, so, so how do you, how does your organization work with me? Yeah. Yeah, I think the most important part is we're not mental health providers. What we do is we have the conversation with that parent about how do they connect with those providers? How do they ask those questions of the, of the appropriate person and not feel like they should already have that answer? And, you know, as a parent, um, how do we empower them to even find their voice? Sometimes it's really hard for people to even know how to ask those questions. Um, so what might that look like? How, um, how would you have that conversation with a primary care physician? Does, if that's your first point of contact, which for a lot of parents it is, and a lot of times they hear from that primary care physician, we don't really know, we're not mental health professionals, um, but 
how can you ask those questions of them? How can you find out who else in your community you can connect with to ask those questions? How do you connect with the people at your child's school? Because you know what? Your child's spending eight hours a day there or more. And how do you have those conversations um, and find out what those resources are and what those answers are? So we really do a lot of work just connecting the parents. Because here's the thing, as a parent, this isn't like a one and done. There will be systems that you will be involved in or places that you will need information as your child changes and grows. So how do you gain those skills so that you'll use them for the, you know, for the duration? I, I would say until your child is 18, but now that mine is 23, I need to say this just, you know, this kind of doesn't end. And at the same time, we work with professionals at a larger level of how do you listen to parents? How do you partner with them? Where is their voice important? We work a lot around something called family-driven youth-guided care. What is that? And how, how do you apply those principles and that philosophy to the work you're doing with parents and youth? So when do, when, are, are, <laughs> do you folks have like a 24-7 hour hotline yeah. where you know I'm yeah. screaming at my daughter and, and at wit's end at 6.30 in the morning and, and don't really know where to go or who to talk to. Is that a service you folks provide or? We don't have that and I will say that we're, we're a small and mighty organization. We only have about 11 people. Okay. Um, so a lot of our work and a lot of our connection along those lines is done online. We have a great uh, website acmh-mi.org where that is just jam-packed of information that has uh, you know an ability to do some online connection that also has a phone number um, where some of those conversations can be had but it's literally a it is a Monday to Wednesday situation Monday to Friday situation now you've been with the organization for how long 15 years okay so going back to the evolution yeah. conversation you know, how have things changed either for the positive or the negative oh. as it relates to mental health care, yeah. uh, services, support over the, you know, since you've been with the organization? I think, um, I, well, first I'll say for the most part, I think the evolution has been positive. Uh, you know, back in the day, like I said, kids, it wasn't even recognized that kids really had mental health challenges. Um, and then at a point they were either treated like little tiny adults and um, you know that that sort of sit here for 50 minute therapy session, which doesn't work real well with kids. Um, and kids were not there wasn't the concept they were part of a family. And you sort of have to work with the whole family. You have to include parents. So I think we've we've seen a huge evolution. So parents as partners, yeah. which I think you've mentioned before. So and that has been a huge. A huge continuum from you know parents just sort of being allowed to sit in the room to parent input uh, being sought to parents really having an equal voice in driving care we've seen a lot of things like respite used to be that that was a concept that was just yeah it's a babysitter you know it's just you're, you're just having your child stay with somebody else no that's really therapeutic it's therapeutic for the for the child or the youth, and it's therapeutic for the parent sure. to have that kind of break. Because so, that conflict yeah. can inflame the situation yes. and 
Um, you know, if, if, yeah, if you don't have that time yeah. off from each other, uh, it spirals it, down. Get worse, yeah. <laughs> and it is, it is challenging and it is exhausting sometimes raising a child with mental health challenges. Um, sometimes it's kind of exhausting for them being around us too as parents. Oh, sure, absolutely. So just ask my daughter. Yeah, yeah I've heard. <laughs> I've, I've heard that same thing. So respite is a supported and planned entity. We found out home and community-based services work for kids and families. So in the mental health world, there are things like home-based therapists. The therapist comes into the house. Yeah, and these are all new, newer. Relatively new. Yes. Yeah. Something called wraparound, where it is a team of the parent's kind of construction around what their needs are. And that team needs to support them. They kind of lead the team. What, what, what do we still need? What would you like to see improved or implemented uh, over the next five to 10 years to take us even further where yeah. we need to go? I think we've made these strides in our definitely in our public mental health system. We need to make those same strides in our private mental health system. We need to have true parity where physical needs and mental health needs have that same kind of support. Some of these things that I've just mentioned, you know, home and community-based peer supports, they don't exist in the private system. Mm. So I really think it's... So, and then, so explain that a little bit for, yeah. for those of us who are novices who don't really understand between public and private and ultimately what the impact would yeah. be. Yeah, those are, you know, the, the sort of public mental health system is more that community mental health system that is for the most part funded by Medicaid funding. Um, sometimes depending on severity, um, there will be support for other individuals. But for the most part, it's through the Medicaid system. So folks that have that kind of private health insurance, you know, through an employee or, or some of those pieces, um, don't have those same supports. Mm. So I think that we need to recognize the importance of these services. We need to get some of our, um, our you know, the insurance providers that we have, be it Blue Cross Blue Shield or some of those providers, to understand how important that is. There's some parity laws on the books. We need to really enforce those. So, Jane, why don't you give me, what is your purposeful pitch uh, to our <laughs> listeners regarding the Association for Children's Mental Health? Yeah, I think that the first part um, is just all of this, that we aren't alone, that we're all in this together, that it's going to take all of us to make this look okay for our universe. That's for parents, for youth, for professionals, for um, decision makers, for service providers, that we have to all look at each other's worlds and listen and respect. Um, I think there's a lot of efforts that we take at ACMH to do that. I talked about our website and the information that's on there. That's information for, um, for parents, for professionals. Um, there's what's a lot the, of... What's the address again? It is acmh-mi.org. Um, we try to provide a lot of opportunities. Um, we do a yearly conference that is specifically designed for parents, youth, professional partners, decision makers to come together on a level playing field and listen to each other. Thank you, Jane, for, uh, for joining us on uh, The Purposeful Pitch. I wish your organization all the best, and thank you for what you're doing uh, for parents uh, serving as a support 
service for them and, and helping them again connect to uh, the critical resources necessary to help themselves, but again, most importantly, help their children. Well, I thank you for this opportunity. Um, and it was good to get to talk to you as a parent too.